At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. I know Gil Alexander taking the day off. Uh, actually, vacation might be longer than that. I should confirm how long he'll be gone. I'm only here for today, though. Jonathan Von Tobel in a numbers game show presented, of course, by BetMGM. We got a good show on tap for you today coming up in 15 minutes. A lot of smart people going to join us early this morning. Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, is going to be with us as we go over what happened on Friday. Of course, South Point releases their games of the year in college football. Uh, we'll... We have, we've learned a couple of things, too, what these, some of these sharp bettors think about certain teams where Chris's ratings were and uh, how the day went. So Chris is going to join us coming up in 15 minutes from now. Drew Dinsick, Well Capper, of course, NBC Sports Edge will be with us at the bottom of this hour, 1045 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk a little bit about what we saw last night in Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil, top of the next hour, as uh, we have a lot to get to in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Derek Carty, MLB betting analyst. It was a wild weekend in Major League Baseball as an Angels fan. I can speak to that. Uh, and then, of of course, Wes Reynolds, as we hand it off uh, to our next show here on the Network Lombardi Line, Wes will join us to talk a little bit of everything. Wes, as we were just talking about off the air, Wes knows everything. Wes uh, will give us a lot of insight on everything in the world of sports. But where else do we begin, of course, uh, but the sport in which a championship is on the line, NBA Finals last night, the Golden State Warriors give a tail whipping to the Boston Celtics. 107-88, your final score. Uh, the Golden State Warriors make their adjustments. They close as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Game goes, of course, under the total. And the Warriors cover after another magnificent third quarter in which they separate themselves from Boston. And now... Still tied 1-1, of course, and Celtics still have home court. They head back to Boston with a lot on the line. Uh, but when you look at what Golden State did yesterday, it's always funny. We use the A word all the time when we talk about basketball, and especially in these series. It's about adjustments, adjustments. Um, there's, two, there's two things I kind of wanted to focus on from what we saw in game two and how we spin this forward. And the first I wanted to focus on was from Boston's perspective. Um, because as somebody who has, a, you know, has – belief in Boston to win this series and has watched them very closely throughout this entire postseason, you kind of come away after a majority of Boston Celtic losses. Um, and I'll say majority, not every single one of them, but with a thought of, 
you know, this team kind of shot themselves in the foot, right? Like there was a lot of mistakes made on the Celtics side, not just last night, but in multiple losses uh, in which they were kind of making mistakes and allowed themselves to fall into this trap. And one of those issues for them throughout this entire postseason has been turnovers uh, in their losses in the postseason up to this point. The Boston Celtics have a turnover rate, non garbage time minutes of 17.7%. So 17.7% of their offensive possessions in non garbage time minutes and in turnovers in that series against the Miami heat in their losses, that turnover rate was well over 20%, nearly a quarter of their possessions ending in turnovers and non-garbage time minutes in the games in which they lost to Miami before they ultimately won that series. And you saw again yesterday, that was one of the biggest issues for them in this game. It felt like in that third quarter, especially it was drive, lose the ball, turnover, drive, lose the ball, turnover, try to throw a pass turnover in non-garbage time minutes. They turned the ball over on 23.4% of their possessions, 18 turnovers overall. And I don't think the 18, by the way, uh, gives what it gives the Warriors enough credit in terms of forced turnovers because Ime Udoka and the Celtics kind of called it off pretty early in the fourth quarter. Garbage time uh, started at 10:45 left in the fourth quarter. But let's hear from Boston on this issue because this has been one that has plagued them throughout this entire postseason. Jason Tatum talked about it after the game yesterday and said, "Yeah, man, turnovers they they've been an issue for us for a while." We got to just take care of the ball. Uh, you know, we've we've done it, and when, you know we're really good team when we take care of the ball, uh, but we have those laps where we, you know, snowball effect, you know, where we pile on turnovers and, uh, you know, dig ourselves into a hole. And when you look at like the end of the first quarter, for example, where they open up, I was it a, uh, I believe it was a 22 to 13 lead, if I remember correctly, uh, and then start turning the ball over with a lot of consistency and a nine point lead turns into a one point lead for the Golden State Warriors at the end of the first quarter. And that's where it just fell apart from there. So as we move forward, that's going to be front and center here for Boston. There are a lot of mistakes and and this isn't to also take away from what Golden State yet did yesterday because I was really impressed with the Warriors. They were freaking awesome yesterday. And we talk again about the A-word adjustments. I mean, the real adjustment, at least my eyes told me, and I can't wait to dive into some of the numbers and see if the frequency um, was actually matched. But you saw, I think, a lot more traditional pick and rolls from Golden State. Golden State's usually not a team that'll run like a high pick and roll at the top of the key. You saw a little bit more of that. Uh, that, of course, you know, saw more slips on screens, which was going to be one of the adjustments you figured you were going to see because this Boston team... Um, likes to switch, right? And so when you switch, what's one of the ways to beat it? Switch, or excuse me, slip, slip and seal, all those things. And you saw more of that from the Golden State Warriors. But the other part about it, too, was just the physical intensity, I thought, of Golden State right off the gun was really impressive. Draymond Green on that very first possession, forcing a jump ball with Al Horford, uh, like in the first 10 seconds or so, you can see immediately uh, that they were going to start to get up in the jerseys of Boston, force them to be uncomfortable, force them to handle at a high level, and it ultimately didn't work out. And Draymond Green, after the game, kind of spoke to that adjustment and how physical they got. I think it was definitely an attitude adjustment. Um, you know, like I said, we, we didn't play with enough force the entire 48 minutes. We had spurts where we played with the right amount of force in game one. But overall, against a team like that, you can't let your foot off the gas pedal. All they need to see is one shot go in, and, and it can start a domino effect. And so uh, we knew, like I said last, uh, last game, they are who we thought they were. And so we knew we had to keep our foot on the gas pedal and not let up, and we did that, and we're able to come out with the win. So overall, when you look at what happened in that game, from an offensive standpoint, offensive rating in non-garbage time minutes for the Boston Celtics, 81.8. Absolutely atrocious. Warriors, on the other hand, 119.5. Curry was absolutely incredible in terms of what he was able to do from a scoring standpoint. The shooting, again, was phenomenal for that team for the most part. 44.4% uh, for the Celtics, 42.9% for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but Curry in this game, 29 points, 9-21 from the floor, 5-12 from three-point range. Um, just the difference, Maker. Now, I will say, as you kind of look around and as we go into this game three back in Boston and the Celtics open up as a three and a half point favorite, a total of two twelve and a half after that second game goes under the total. Right. We're seeing this this middle ground. Well, game one opened two ten and a half. Game two closed two fifteen or two fifteen and a half or open two fifteen and a half. So now we're sitting here at about two twelve and a half, and it makes a lot of sense from a totals perspective. But what I'm really interested in is how the market handles this from a side perspective. So in, I'm going to bring this up and, and see what Drew Dinsick thinks about this approach. Yesterday, you know, I went back to the well with the Boston Celtics. Um, many like a big part of the reasoning yesterday was when you talk about a line going from three and a half in game one to five in game two. I just don't see why a situation in terms of a spot, a bounce back, desperation 
is worth laying a point more or a point and a half more. And because the result was the Warriors won and covered, um, you're told very much that you're wrong, right? Of course, it's desperation. They're going to cover that number. And I wonder when you're talking about now, where the numbers are so tight, and this number even tells you that you were laying an inflated price, right? Home court in this postseason has been worth three and a half points. So when you're talking about a flip back to Boston, what are we looking at now here? Three and a half, the exact same number the Warriors were laying in game one. So it makes sense that between these two from a market standpoint, at least right now, odds makers have been hanging this, that these two teams are relatively equal. What I'm curious about is through the first two games, we have seen an overwhelming amount of support for the Golden State Warriors. Game one, Side total, yes, yeah, side and total. It was all Warriors and over, especially with the Warriors. Well over, I think it was like 80% of the handle or 80% of the ticket count, 70% of the handle. It was the same thing for game two. That's why we got to as high as game five. What I'm really curious to see is, do we see the betting market come back for a third consecutive game here? And do we see that this number maybe dips below that three and a half, three point mark? But when you're looking at the Golden State Warriors and what you have to do in terms of keeping up that intensity, Draymond Green's a really big part of it. Uh, Green after game one, of course, kind of gave word and he alluded to it there. Like, yeah, you know what? We'll be fine from a shooting standpoint. Those guys aren't going to replicate that. Um, We're going to be okay. We dominated most of that game. Green's a really impactful dude. And uh, Ime Udoka after the game talked about that as well and what his impact has been on this series. I mean, that's one player that, you know, you can only do or guard one person at a time. So we had uh, 11 turnovers for 18 points in the first half. Um, they had nine steals, so playing in the crowd way too much. I mean, he's going to switch matchups a lot of times and try to impact the ball defensively especially, but um, we weren't strong with the ball overall, so it wasn't just him. It was, uh, of course, he's going to come out and try to set the tone, but um, I think we weren't strong with the ball a lot, searching for fouls instead of going up and making plays, um, especially with their lack of rim protection. So uh, for us, that was a little disappointing to give up 33 points off of 19 turnovers, and that's kind of been a constant theme in the playoffs. When that happens, we're in trouble. Yep, but uh, we'll see as we move forward now in this series what Draymond's uh, impact is going to be. From a defensive standpoint, we know what it can be. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, though, as you watch Boston continue to help off of them and not really think much of them in terms of being a threat from on offense, it's going to be pretty fascinating. A trend, too, that I know a lot of people like these as you move forward in some of these series. Uh, after a straight-up loss to the Boston Celtics this series, they are 26-11 and 11 straight up, 25-12 and 12 against the spread. That includes the postseason. Uh, so the Celtics covering it. 67.6% clip after a straight-up loss. And the other part about this, and this is why when we move back to, uh, as we move back to Boston, this is the other intriguing thing about how this is going to play out over um, on the road for the Golden State Warriors. Because as we've talked about, or I've talked about on this network, the Celtics, one of the best road teams in the NBA, uh, they have been that going into the regular, coming from the regular season, they have been that in this postseason. In this postseason, the Golden State Warriors, on the other hand, three and four straight up, two and five against the spread, a negative 8.7 net rating, and a defensive rating of 120.1. And these are all in non-garbage time minutes. So you do wonder, uh, as we hit the road here, an area that has not been too friendly for Golden State. We saw him lose the game outright, of course, to Denver. We know what happened in the Memphis series of course, over the course of that best of seven that ended up being at six. So um, hasn't been the best uh, effort from Golden State when we're talking about playing away from home. And the fact that they don't have home court now, of course, uh, pretty big in this series again. So, look. I've, uh, I will not come off the prior. thought Boston was going to win this series after two games. They got home court. I think going forward, they're still going to win this series. Uh, but a lopsided result, you take a little hit, right? And you're like, oh, boy. Am I? No, I have confidence that the Celtics should be able to pull this out. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, though, than I previously expected. I picked the Celtics in six. Got to bet them in five. Bet them in five. And uh, looks like, of course, the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry on the floor are pretty damn good. How about that? All right, we'll come back, switch gears to college football. Chrissy Andrews, director of the South Point Sportsbook, will be with us. Uh, how was the handle on the opening day Friday? And what Chris learned, because I tell you what, there was one team uh, that was in these games of the year. The number moved toward them in every single game. We'll tell you who that is, and uh, I don't think you'd be surprised by the answer when we come back here on a numbers game. JVT filling in for Gil.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Probiotics aren't a trend anymore. They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has one billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, efforting one, Chris Andrews, director of the South Point Sportsbook, uh, hung up games of the year in college football on Friday. Quite the yearly event when it comes to uh, college football handicapping and brings in people uh, from all over the country. And the very popular one, Paul Stone, uh, who taught me the other day, by the way, that Texas borders the state of Louisiana. I did not know that. All right, you got Chris? Let's welcome in Chris, who is nice enough to wake uh, wake up and give me some time today. Chris, did you know that Louisiana bordered the state of Texas? Because I did not. Yeah, JVC. You know, I actually went to high school, junior high, all that stuff. You know, yeah, so I knew <laughs> I, that. Now, I would say, I don't know about this. I Like, if you know the state, what every state borders in terms of, like, all the states around. If I were to throw a state at you, you'd be able to tell me every state that it borders? You know, maybe not some of the smaller All states, right. but Louisiana and Texas <laughs> are not small states. That's very true. All right, so uh, how was Friday? Opening day, of course, uh, with the uh, the games of the year, college football. As I said, you know, it's a, it's a fun yearly thing uh, here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Uh, what was it like in terms of handle and response for you guys? Well, the handle was really good, and, I, you know, I just, uh, you know, did wake up a little early for you, JVP. It's my day <laughs> off, but I was just going through – so we're still writing quite a bit of business. Uh, I can see even from yesterday, the last I checked, uh, we've still got guys firing at us. So it's you know, opening day was uh, terrific. Uh, you know, we give every we gave everybody two bets, then you had to go to the back of the line. So uh, that line was going for about an hour, I, I guess, something like that. But uh, they're still playing, so it's it, everything's been good. I'm very happy with everything. You know, I'm reevaluating some of the teams that I may have missed the boat on, either been either overrated or underrated. 
And like I said, still looking at that kind of stuff. And, you know, we'll, uh, it, but it's a fun exercise, and we'll see how it all plays out at the end. And so you kind of answered one of the questions I was going to ask you, because this, not only in terms of, like, betting and putting this up and getting handle and whatnot, uh, th- this is an exercise for you, no, I would think, like in terms of shaping your own ratings and how other sharp bettors are going to handle some of these teams and how you shape some of the ratings around certain teams that have been uh, played one way or the other. Well, no question about it. I think, really, if you look at the last two years, it's even become more important because of the transfer portal. I mean, it's just so easy to miss some things. Um, you know, and a lot of this is kind of playing on anticipation. Uh, but a lot of teams, we're going to probably change our valuations between now and September 1st because, because of the transfer portal. We'll have to see how this all works out. But this really did help me establish – well, it's going to help me uh, fine-tune my power ratings for sure because I have a lot of respect. The guys that are betting these games, you take a dime, two dimes out of your bank, or even a nickel uh, out of your bankroll till you know, maybe you know October, November. Uh, that's a guy that probably is pretty sharp and knows what he's doing. has probably a pretty good bankroll from betting all these years. So, yeah, I'm going to have to respect that action and uh, – that's something that uh, you know I'll be working on for the next few weeks. So I wanted to go through some of the teams that were kind of noticeable in terms of like some trends, right? And I, the one of the ones that I teased, Chris, yeah. uh, Alabama. Every game of the year involving Alabama moved in the direction of the Crimson Tide. Uh, so it like how high were you on Alabama? And it seems that the mad like the uh, the sharp masses are a little bit higher on the Crimson Tide. Yeah, uh, I was on Tim Murray's show the other day and. You know, he asked me, like, your top teams. He thought Bama would be number one. Well, I said, well, I got Bama number two. I, I thought Ohio State would be number one. Uh, so I had Bama number two. But, I, you know, I'm going to really have to take another look at that. Now, listen, we know they're loaded. They're loaded every single year. But I had them way underrated, as far, well, at least as far as in the eyes of the public. Uh, so that's definitely one of the teams I'm going to have to take a look at. And even now, they're, they're still betting me Bama. They bet them yesterday. Uh, they laid the 14 on Bama against Texas. And what the hell did I open that? I think, yeah, I opened that 12. So I'm up to I'm up to 16 on that game. You know, so I thought I had them rated properly, pretty high, second-best team in the country. But, uh, you know, the handicappers think I'm still a little light on Bama. Yeah, if you're watching the broadcast, uh, you see the opening numbers there. Alabama minus 12 in that contest. Uh, opened up Alabama minus 13.5 over Texas A&M. I believe that caught up to a... Uh, 14 or 14 and a half. So uh, the masses again, and these are sharp numbers and sharp opinions. So when they move, uh, you should look at it and uh, they are high on Alabama yet again. And by the way, I mean, Chris, it's funny. This also comes on the heels. This is why I like looking at things from the uh, prism of sports betting. Saban's belly aching over the off season about the, like the, uh, the recruiting and the gap closing. And yet here we are this season. And it seems like every college football handicapper with a respected opinion is like, nah, this team's like hand over fist, the best team in college football right now. Yeah, you know, I, they listen. They they lost a lot. I bet. I mean, we could say that every year. They've all they always lose a lot. They put a lot of guys in the pros, and they got half a dozen or a dozen guys waiting to step in and, and take that spot. Uh, and you know, did I know that? Yeah, of course I knew that. You know, but like I said, I, I still thought Ohio State was a little bit better. But uh, at, you know, my Ohio State numbers, I don't think moved at all. And I, and I got them. I want to say three games, and I don't think any one of them moved. Maybe a half. Point or point. So, so the, I think Ohio State, I had pegged pretty good. The, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Chris. I, I wanted to go to one more team. Actually, there's two more teams I want to get your thoughts on. Because uh, the other day, Humans and I had Brad Powers on, and uh, he was talking about USC, said that uh, there's a potential that USC could yeah. be one of his most improved teams, but also one of the more overvalued teams in college football. And, and looking around at the games of the year, where were you at with, uh, with USC? Because it did seem that there were quite a few. I think it was nearly every game of the year involving them. The number uh, moved toward them, if I'm correct. Yeah, they, they they definitely got that, and it's funny, you know, Vinny Mayolo, he helped me with the numbers. You know, I got his numbers, my numbers, and you know, we discussed certain teams. We we had a long discussion about USC. Uh, you know, we weren't sure where to put them. If you look at the transfer portal, or, or at least what they've done since last year, they've added a lot of skilled players, but so far they have not added players in the trenches either way. And if you ask me, I. I I thought we had them pegged right, but now I would say I'm going to say USC is a bet against team because I think this team could kind of go either way. And just a rule of thumb for me, I, I like 
I don't like betting on new coaches. Now, is Lincoln Riley a new coach? Well, he is at Southern Cal, you know, but he's been around. He's been at the top echelons at Oklahoma now for a while. He's really been a terrific coach. I think they're going to transfer in some, some players, I think, but it hasn't been happening yet. But right now, I mean, to me, in my mind, USC is a bet against team. But could they turn that around? Yeah, they could. But that was a really hard team for us to evaluate. You know, without a doubt, the toughest team on the whole slate for us to get a, a grip on and make a power rating for. And the other side of that, too, is Oklahoma, right, as Lincoln Riley leaves the Sooners. Uh, and yeah. if you look at it, it did seem like there was a consensus opinion on the Sooners. Most, if not all, games moved against them. So what do you expect uh, from that program? Yeah, and it's a joke I make pretty much every year. It's an annual right of summer for me to overrate Oklahoma. <laughs> and it happened again this year. Uh, that was another one that was kind of tough to evaluate for exact circumstances you just said. Because I think their program really was you know, just absolutely A1 under Lincoln Riley. They did lose a lot of players, there's no doubt. But again, if you look back on Oklahoma now, they're not Alabama, they're not Ohio State. But they're just a notch under as far as re- replacing guys every single year uh, with a ton of talent. How that's going to shake out, I don't know. You know, but I, I, again, I thought I had. We thought we had at Oklahoma, uh, you know, pegged right. But obviously, we were a little bit high on them. Um, you know, we'll have to see what all happens. By the way, JVT, you know, they still have to play all these games. You know, so we don't know if we were off or on mm-hmm. or whatever. So. Uh, we were, we were, we had some differences as far as some of the sharp guys, but uh, you know, you never know how this stuff's going to go. Oh yeah, I, well, and I think you can speak to this too. I mean, sometimes when you're looking at some of these numbers that are just kind of hanging around a key number, you'll get guys that'll grab those and sit on those by the time we get to those games, and they'll be in position to move, uh, maneuver off of them and everything like that. So Chris Andrews again at Andrew Sports up on Twitter. Uh, we got the last 90 seconds here. I'll ask you this: to, to a lesser degree, it seems the Hurricanes were another team that your numbers were a little higher on than betters. Uh, did you get that sense too? Yeah, I, you know, I had some teams that I had pegged as being uh, pretty good this year. Miami was definitely one of them. Of course, I said that last year, too, with Miami, and they wound up kind of petering out a little bit. But I, I think they're going to be a real good team. And there's a couple that uh, you know, we obviously had some differences on between me and uh, the Sharp betters. But, you know, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. Like I said, this, this offseason is going to be extremely volatile. So any serious handicappers out there, I'll tell you, definitely keep track of the transfer portal because I think there's going to be there's just going to be a lot of shenanigans between now and then. You know, just have to see, be ready to make uh, corrections to your power ratings because I think there's going to be a lot of changes. Chris, I appreciate you on your day off taking some time to talk to me. It's always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Always a pleasure, JVT. Always a pleasure, my friend. You got Andrews Sports. Of course, you already know that. You follow him already on Twitter. All right. Uh, we'll take our break here. When we come back, we'll get into Major League Baseball, a uh, pretty wild weekend in Major League Baseball for some of these results. Uh, the L.A. teams, Dodgers, Angels, and maybe a little bit of hot water. JVT filling in for Gil Alexander. Don't forget, we got a lot more coming up on the NBA Finals. Drew Dinsick joins us in about 15. VEASAN summer specials here for only $39. You're going to get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months, of course, filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. Subscribers get access to all of it. That includes, as we head into the depths of summer, Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball bets. Bets, along with Andy McNeil, who's going to join us in the second hour, breaking down all the action all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. One full VEASAN experience. Check it out today. Cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Jonathan Von Tobel here filling in for Gil Alexander for today. Um, a lot to get to left, and we're going to get to back to the NBA coming up in 15 minutes. Drew Dinsick is going to be with us. NBC Sports Betters will get his thoughts of what has happened in the NBA Finals up to this point. Second hour's loaded. Andy McNeil, Derek Cardi, and Wes Reynolds will all be with us to discuss a variety of topics. Cardi, of course, will be with us to talk baseball, and that's where I wanted to start 
as we uh, look around at what happened over the weekend in Major League Baseball and uh, look like where I wanted to start because the Angels are going to play later today. So we'll get to the Angels momentarily, but also um, the way the weekend transpired for the Los Angeles Dodgers and the way that has gone recently for the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, I think is uh, pretty intriguing just given the way that this team, of course, is always priced and what the perception is of L.A. coming into the season and where it's at at this point right now because we see, of course, over the weekend, Walker Bueller gets dinged up a little bit and a loss uh, to the New York Mets. Bueller, of course, having some really big troubles as of late. Uh, home runs have been an issue, giving up quite a few earned runs. Um, but as you look at Los Angeles overall, we're going to get to Cardi on this in terms of uh, a topic and what he thinks on this. And uh, you see the final score there as the Dodgers did force extras, but ultimately losing 5-4 in their last matchup, and that was on Sunday. What you see with L.A. is a team that is clearly respected by the betting market uh, in terms of some of the prices that they're laying. And guys like Bueller, who in the past have been extremely, extremely effective starting pitchers and still are, not to you know, uh, celebrate the, the death and demise of Walker Bueller because that's not the case. Still going to be really good for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they move forward in the series. But when you were talking about a team who, from a perception standpoint coming in, into the year, a lot of people thought was going to be a historic bunch that was going to potentially run away with this thing in terms of Major League Baseball as a whole. Uh, that has not been the case. And you're seeing some of the issues with their rotation. Uh, guys not being as consistent as before and yet still laying big prices. Dollar seventy-five is what they closed, of course, against the Mets. Uh, we're talking about this off the air, but as you look at it on the, series, on, on the season, a 35-19 and 19 record gets you down four units and an ROI of negative 3.7% on the Los Angeles Dodgers. So uh, this has been a team who, from a market rating standpoint, from a perception standpoint, among the best in Major League Baseball, uh, but they have not been delivering to that extent. So we'll see as this moves forward. This is still a contender in Major League Baseball. This is not to say that they're all done and it's all over with. But in terms of rating and value and betting against them, uh, it has been there. I mean, look at that Pirates series. Uh, you, humans and I talked about this where you looked at some of the numbers behind a Julio Arias in one of those starts and that, you know, he might be a little overvalued as a pitcher and he closed minus 330, minus 340, lost that game outright. So uh, it is really, I think it's just really intriguing when you see a team like this for somebody who has won or a team that has won 65% of their games to struggle. And yet that's where they are at this point right now. I think it's five out of the last eight. They have lost somewhere in that range. So we'll see what Cardi believes about what's going on with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now the other side uh, in terms of the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, this is fascinating the way that the angels continue to lose games uh, and they're finding exotic ways to do it. They get swept by the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday. They have now lost 11 straight games. It's the way they lose their most latest game, though, that is absolutely fascinating. They close as a dollar, uh, excuse me, they close as a small underdog in Philadelphia, but they blow a 5 nothing lead, give up a game-tying grand slam to Bryce Harper yesterday in the eighth, walk off three-run over to Bryson Stott. Now they come back here as a twenty-one favorite over the Red Sox, and uh, it's, not, it's not going well. Like, when you go back to that four-game set against Toronto – there's a few one-run games in there, a very close series, a couple of defensive plays or mistakes that the Angels would make, and that ultimately made the difference. And there was a defensive gaffe yesterday for Anaheim, uh, but they got crushed in Philly, got outscored by 17 runs over the course of those games, and now they come back home to host this Red Sox team, 12-5 and in its last 17, uh, and absolutely crushing it. Since May 18th, over the course of those 17 games, Red Sox lead the league, weighted runs created plus, weighted on base average, runs scored, tied for first in home runs. Uh, that would be tied with first tied for first with home runs for the Texas and you get Cindergard who is on the hill here today and we've seen a little bit of a move in favor of Boston uh, some spots the first numbers up open Anaheim minus 124 we're down to minus 121 as you saw the screen up there totals gone from eight and a half shaded to the over to buck 20 to nine which makes a little sense when you give uh, when you look at some of the numbers behind some of these pitchers but Cindergard lately showing in quite a few of his blemishes season 402 ERA 469 expected ERA and a 391 fielding independent the 391 would tell you that there's probably like, this is probably exactly who he is. Maybe a little like very, very minuscule room for some positive regression. But if you look at these last few starts for Syndergaard, last three, 11 innings pitched, 10 earned runs. He was rocked in New York, only lasted two and a third, gave up five. Texas as well, only lasted two thirds, gave up four earned runs. But he's been a lot better at home to give him some credit. And we're going to get to Mike Trout too, because these home away splits for the Angels have been pretty uh, stark. But at home for, uh, for Thor, 351 fielding independent, 184 batting average against, and a 231 Woba, which is pretty good for him. 
of course, for any pitcher, really. And then away, uh, that increases quite a bit. Three fifty or four fifty one fielding independent, three forty eight batting average against, and a three eighty nine WOBA. So he's been more comfortable in Anaheim. Maybe the bounce back is here as a short favorite. Uh, but Taylor Ward is on the injured list, as we know. Joe Adele's back in the lineup. They need some help out there. And on top of Trout and Otani struggling, uh, this lineup's a mess too. So it'd be really interesting as you look at the way the Angels have been priced at home in the past and the way they have uh, at times performed a little bit better at home. Uh, this looks like a short enough price, and it gets against the Red Sox team, as you mentioned, who, from a lineup standpoint, has been absolutely mashing. But you get Waka on the hill, who might be slightly overvalued, 243 ERA for Michael Waka, but a 383 expected ERA, 412 fielding independent. That would signify that there's some regression coming. Then pretty lucky on balls in play, a 190, uh, 198 batting average on balls in play. Makes sense. Been using his changeup a little bit more, giving up a bunch of soft contacts. Hit, uh, hitters aren't really getting a hold of it. Hard hit rate, I think it's like around 32%, 33%. Might be a little bit shorter than that. Uh, but Walk has been solid, but there are some signs uh, that he could come back here uh, to earth. At the same time, and this is why I find this pretty interesting as we move forward for this game, you know, the Angels, they're priced pretty high at home usually. But now you're talking about $1.21. They're 15 and 13 at home. But, of course, when you're talking about ROI and these home games for the Angels, negative 9.5%. So maybe we're getting into the territory where you might be able to buy a little bit low here on uh, the Angels. But I would think when it comes to the bullpen, some of the issues we've seen from them defensively, they're going to get a little worse defensively with Joe Adele, of course, back up. Um, might be one of those see-it-to-believe-it type of situations, especially with the way the Red Sox have been hitting the ball. Uh, also, as we talked about the Dodgers, well, their opponent from over the weekend, the New York Mets, start a really interesting series here. This is with two of the top teams for betters in this season up to this point. That would be the Metropolitans and the Padres, and you get a really intriguing matchup here. Carlos Carrasco taking on Blake Snell. New York coming off of that series split with the Dodgers. San Diego took two of three, or took, excuse me, took three of four from Milwaukee, and they won the last three of that series, so they come in on three-game winning streak. And Snell... Make it just his fourth start of the season. So this opened up pick, minus 105 on both sides. Uh, slight move toward the San Diego Padres, as you see there, at minus 115. No remove on the total, which opened seven and a half. But Snell, we're seeing his workload increase. We see each one of these outings, three and two-thirds, five and a third, and then six innings pitched last time out. And he's seemingly been better uh, each time. Numbers across the board, uh, there's some room. Some It suggests that he's got a bit of room here for positive regression 480 ERA but a 333 expected ERA 407 fielding independent if you look at his command still very much an issue but that's been Blake Snell throughout his entire career only finding the strike zone 31.8% of the time he's walked 13.3% of the batters he's faced uh, but he's not allowing any hard contact less than the third of his batted balls that he gives up has a uh, exit velocity of 95 miles an hour or higher his fastball velocity is still there, too, and he's still got the ability to strike guys out. And against the Mets team, which has statistically been pretty average against lefties this year, their 16th way to runs created plus, 15th Woba, 8-9 and nine in those games in which they have started against a left-handed pitcher. Um, it seems like this would probably be a pretty good spot for the San Diego Padres, and the market has responded just a little bit in that sense. I think the question you ask here for San Diego, and I think that's why you haven't seen a really big move here, uh, is is the lineup going to be able to find success here against Carrasco? Because Carrasco's been freaking great, man. 363 ERA, and the numbers uh, underneath that suggest that he could be even better. 350 expected ERA, 293 fielding independent, not striking out guys like he used to, but his command's much better than it's been the last two seasons. And the Padres themselves, from just overall, not even just against specific pitchers, but 21st away to runs created plus, 23rd Woba not might, uh, might not have much for Carrasco in this spot back at home at a ballpark, which if you look at some of the park factors has been one of the better ones for pitchers this season, at least in terms of runs scored. So uh, for both of those uh, home favorites, thought they were pretty intriguing spots for both of them with a little bit more faith in the Padres, but do wonder how that lineup uh, handles Carlos Carrasco and how good he has been because Carrasco has been absolutely phenomenal. And we'll have more, too, on a matchup. I wanted to get to Arizona and Cincinnati, and we'll talk about this a little bit more after we get to uh, Cardi, who's going to join us in the next hour. Uh, but Madison Bumgarner is getting the start here today. And uh, 331 ERA through 54 and a third and 11 starts for Mad Bum. Uh, but there are some numbers that would suggest that at some point uh, this is going to uh, come right back at him. But so far, hasn't really had to pay for it. Had a couple of starts where he got a little frisky. The Dodgers and Cubs starts there consecutive, gave up nine earned runs in those. Um, 
but ultimately hasn't really uh, happened. But the Reds dollar twenty favor with Green on the Hill, so we'll get back to that matchup a little bit later in the second hour. Uh, when we come back, let's uh, let's get back to the NBA Finals. Drew Dinsick is going to join us. I want to get his thoughts on a handicapping philosophy, and it's something that I have readily admitted uh, maybe a little bit of a blind spot of mine. But we'll see if Drew uh, agrees, disagrees, and how he would have handled it as we talk about what happened yesterday in the spot that was it for the Golden State Warriors. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Probiotics aren't a trend anymore. They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has 1 billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. BetMGM pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200, win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game, and either team it's a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility restriction requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. All right, let's get back to the NBA Finals. Drew Dinsick is nice enough to give us some time as we discuss everything that was happened up to this point. Drew, it's good to talk to you, man. Um, so I wanted to start with something kind of a, a, a philosophical question, if you will, first. Going back to yesterday. So... When I looked at the way that line was moving yesterday, when we're talking about game one, three and a half, game two gets to four and a half, and in some spots, five. For me, as somebody who trusts in his numbers and looks at numbers, especially when we get to this point of the season, I see five, and I'm like, all right, the market's clearly kind of overreacting here to the bounce back, the desperation spot, the back's against the wall. So I took took five in just principle that I think this number is wrong and got a whole lot of, I got a whole lot of you're wrong. Clearly they were desperate. They won. They covered in that sense. Am I wrong? And just kind of going like, eh, like the situation is one thing, but when you're talking about laying a full point and a half more to me, that is something that you should not do as a better. Am I on the right path or the wrong path there? 
I mean, I generally agree with you. I mean, uh, the dynamics of, of an, of an NBA playoff series are always a little different than if you're just kind of sticking to a fair, what is a fair price and, you know, in a regular season game between two teams and just betting your numbers. Um, because the, you know, while it sounds like voodoo nonsense to say this, the warriors needed it more, um, I mean, obviously, both teams wanted to win game two. I don't think that there's really anything you can say that, you know, the Warriors wanted it more than the Celtics did. Um, that, but behind kind of the smoke and mirrors and the non, you know, the narrative stuff that gets spun uh, around bounce back opportunities for teams, there is a nugget of truth in all of this stuff. And it has to do with the fact that Golden State could not roll out the same approach they used in game one. They had to make some sort of adjustment. Uh, meanwhile, Boston was not incentivized to make any adjustment to what they did in game one uh, because it worked. And in general, um, certain teams, when faced with the opportunity of you must make an adjustment, come up with the right answers and come up with the, uh, you know, the tweaks to their approach that ultimately give them the advantage in a given game, um, which can, you know, tilt the balance of a, a particular outcome. Um, and, you know, the most common op, you know, the most common thing we see um, you know, in this kind of, you know, arena of talking about a game and a number being, you know, being, you know, surprisingly, um, shaded is, uh, when a team is down zero two yep. returning home, uh, to host game three and you see a first half number that is richer than the full game number. And it's, it, you know, and, and there's no amount of anyone who has a, a writ, you know, a broad database of, uh, NBA games that can defend why that ever should be the case, but it's real. And it has everything to do with the home team, you know, deploying whatever adjustments are in their arsenal to, to avoid the O three hole. And, you know, I thought last night's game in general, um, you know, if you took the five pregame, I don't think you made a bad bet necessarily. I think the fair price for these two teams uh, on a neutral court is Boston by two and a half. Um, and I think, on, you know, on the, you know, um, the in Golden State's arena uh, in a completely neutral situation, I think these teams are about to pick them. Uh, and I think both teams, you know, both games we've seen so far, even though the final score was, you know, wildly lopsided, I think both games were pretty narrowly contested. And, you know, you had, um, I thought the perfect storm for golden state yesterday. And this, you know, this is again, a lot of this is my opinion. Um, game, you know, they, they came out with their key adjustment being, we are going to make the three point shot more difficult for Boston. We are going to n not let their shooters have the spot they want on the floor. We're going to chase them off that spot. We're going to be, you know, clo more closely contest uh, three-point opportunities. We're specifically going to prevent Al Horford from getting open three-point looks, um, and we're going to make we're just going to make the three-point shots more challenging for them. And did that work in the first half? Well, it was effective in that all of the threes were contested. Boston just happened to have those shots largely go in. Um, and, you know, honestly, I thought that was ultimately a bad thing for Boston because rather than going into halftime with the realization of, okay, um, they're contesting our three point shots better. We need to make some tweaks to our approach and get, you know, start playing downhill, get to the rim, um, and, uh, you know, really start to put, uh, rim pressure on this team. Instead, they just sat back and said, well, you know. Yeah, they're contesting our threes, but they're going in. So we're just going to go ahead and keep doing what we're doing. And ultimately it on un completely unraveled, um, you know, the threes stopped going in in the third quarter. Uh, they started settling for high degree of difficulty twos, uh, which was probably the worst possible. You know, you basically got the worst version of the Celtics offense yep. in that second half where, uh, you know, guys like uh, Brown and Tatum are dribbling inside the three point line and then taking contested twos. So um, the lack of aggressiveness at the rim was concerning from Boston. I thought if they had kind of made that adjustment at halftime and came out aggressively trying to get to the rim at Golden State, we probably see a more competitive second half. Um, but uh, circumstances worked against them in that. Their their 
challenging, you know, the difficult shots went in in the first half, so they didn't make any tweaks in the second half, and I thought that was ultimately the difference. So as we move forward here and uh, you talk about adjustments, uh, Ima Yudoka and the Celtics, they have a history of making adjustments on the season so far, if you include the regular season, 26 and 11 straight up, 25 and 12 against the spread after a straight up loss. So uh, we know that this is a team that responds very well. I'm curious what you make, because I would agree with your assessment. Like on a neutral, I rate the Celtics as the better team uh, in this matchup. Uh, but how the market has been handling this has been pretty intriguing. There's been overwhelming Warrior support in each of the first two games. We're at three and a half with a total of two twelve and a half for game three. You expect this to come off of three and a half like how would you approach a game three standpoint in terms of the uh, the side well i think that uh you the, the market is is uh you know has been lopsided in favor of the warriors not just in this series but really these entire playoffs okay. and um you know was it warranted against the nuggets obviously like that was a you know completely depleted team that had uh you know absolutely nothing going for them outside of Jokic and uh you know so the Warriors having a little bit of value in that series was fine um but I thought in general the mark you know the market was way 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 high on the Warriors against the Grizzlies and then you know similarly against the Mavericks even though the Mavericks played a series where they were very happy to be there as opposed to really trying to compete for uh for much of anything but um ultimately I still think the Market is high on the Warriors in general. They have some support out there. People, are, you know, this isn't just, uh, you know, public lopsided money. This is, you know, some professional opinion, obviously, is shaping some of this as well. Um, I think Celtics minus three and a half is the play uh, for game three. I think realistically it moves to four. Um, I think if there's ever a spot where the Warriors uh, professional money support dries up, it's this one. Um, this again, the tweaks are there for the Celtics. If they want to tweak their, um, offensive approach in particular, try to get to the rim more often. I mean, as they kind of go over the tape from game two, and as they look at some of the, um, uh, you know, some of the numbers, I think it will stand out pretty obviously to them, uh, how few opportunities they got at the rim. And it's not because of the way the golden state's defense played. It was almost entirely the spirit of, uh, you know, the sets that the Celtics were running. So, uh, I think that's an easy thing to tweak and you'll see a lot, uh, you know, a lot more of running, you know, going downhill, not unlike what we saw in say game two against the heat series is, is kind of, um, you know, what stands out to me. Um, and, uh, realistically Celtics playing at home generally have been a solid, uh, you know, solid look, you know, in, you know, throughout the, the, their, their last four months of playing so superlatively. So, uh, I think Celtics are going to be fine in game three. Uh, and at that point, um, it really becomes a, a matter of who has sort of the ace in the hole for game four, because if the Warriors win game four, it would be, uh, you know, it'll be a series. And if uh, the Celtics can somehow come, you know, can, can repeat the success they had either in game one or presumably in game three, then, uh, you know, we may be talking about a shorter series. All right, we got about 60 seconds left. Um, now, there's a lot of different aspects that go into a market like finals MVP, but uh, I'm afraid that my Jalen Brown 13 to 1 ticket at the Celtics ultimately win this thing is going to get screwed because people can't look past Jason Tatum scoring over 30 in a terrible performance. Yeah, he's been <laughs> brutal now twice. Yes. Um, and honestly, like, you know, to the degree that we can help shape the narrative, um, the people that were falling all over themselves to credit him in game one. Um, that was a head scratcher. Yep. Uh, there is just, there's, there's a, a lot of support out there for this young man to, um, you know, kind of seize his destiny as a, you know, as a top five player in the NBA. Um, and while I think he is there clearly, uh, I don't think he has performed well at all in these first two games. Um, and if he ultimately wins, it's going to be because no other true contender emerged from the Celtics, not because of the way he is playing. That's for sure. Um, we need more from him as Celtics Packers. I'll yes. be completely honest we need more from him uh and it starts with uh, kind of his vision particularly uh you know his aggressiveness getting to the rim like if, if that's his game in game three we're in good shape if not uh this is wide open for anyone to steal by the way I accidentally slipped there i said over 30 points so what was over 30 was his plus minus it was negative 36 uh drew <laughs> good to talk to you man thank you very much hey best of luck yep you too yeah a uh, the worst uh plus minus of a single player in the play-by-play uh, -play era second hour on the way At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.